some good news. Target is now selling wine for just $10 a bottle. Meanwhile, Walmart just tapped a keg of Natty Light in the patio section and said, go nuts. <laughs> I like that joke. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it's funny. So, as we were talking about uh, various times throughout the show, if you're really going to evaluate the news of the day, the Cohen trial doesn't even finish in the top three behind North Korea uh, nukes and India-Pakistan. I would agree. And uh, Mike Lyons, longtime CBS News military analyst, joins us now to talk about uh, those two uh, nuclear situations. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Thank you. Why don't we begin with the, uh, I almost said tensions. They're shooting at each other. The, the violence between India and Pakistan and what it all means. Yeah, it's kind of back to the future. Uh, this is a country uh, that they fight over this region called Kashmir to the north of India to the east of Pakistan. And since uh, India had its independence since 1947, as well as when Pakistan was established, it's been an area that both countries have tried to take lay claim over. And there have been three or four skirmishes there before. Each time, though, Pakistan comes out on the losing side, and uh, in some cases, uh, they are uh, you know, clearly the loser, and so they lose the nationalistic pride over that. And in this case now, that's why with Pakistan shooting down Indian aircraft and capturing an Indian pilot like they did, uh, they appear to be now you know, trying to up their game right now. And it, it's down to these two leaders as to whether or not where the situation goes from here. Yeah, I was, I, somehow I got uh, sucked into a Twitter feed. I just started following different people. And it was, it was people who live in India and Pakistan, but tweet in English, I guess. And, man, there's a lot of just regular people that were really proud of their country and wanting to go to battle. I don't, I don't know how many people feel wow. that way, but it was, right. it was, a, little, it was a little troubling. Yeah, exactly. And that's because, again, I guess the last one, 1999, a significant conflict. Uh, the Pakistanis lost about 4,000, 5,000 soldiers in a border skirmish that took place there. Go back to 71, the, the, another one took place over a few days. Um, and again, in each in each case, um, Pakistan was lost in some cases ground. In 1971, there was that war with Bangladesh, so that's on the eastern part of India. When they when they divided up the countries and after the Second World War, they left a part of Pakistan that was basically through India to the to the right, let's say to the east of India, called East Pakistan. That's now called Bangladesh. George Harrison had a concert for the, the starvation of the children back in the 70s about it. Anyway, that civil war took place. It didn't make a lot of sense to have East Pakistan with India right in the middle of it. They won their independence. And, that, and, and again, in each time, the Pakistan military suffered a defeat. I was heartened to see that the prime minister of Pakistan, who's a, a TV celebrity, how odd is that, right. and a former athlete, um, that he returned the Indian pilot to India or, or mm-hmm. said he was going to. That obviously is a guy saying, let's not get crazy here. Right. I think in both cases, both um, you've got the uh, the Indian uh, prime minister as well, Modi. He, they're populist people. They're both coming up for election. Uh, I don't want to say they're you know Donald Trump like, but they're they're not necessarily these career politicians. They're new in the space here. They they you know have tapped the will of the people, so to speak. And and in both cases, if hubris gets out in front, both sides now have nuclear capability. That clearly could destroy you know each other within geez, the time of flight, uh, given the fact they have uh, weapons. And India has got a little more complex nuclear program. They literally have a triad. They can deliver nukes from air, land, and sea. Pakistan pretty much air some intermediate missiles, mostly artillery-based, nothing from the sea. But, but again, the bottom line is because they're neighboring with each other, you'd have clearly mutually assured destruction if something started. But your guess is uh, cooling down rather than ramping up. Right. And like anything else, you've got to find a way that both sides can save face uh, in order for that to happen. 
maybe just the fact that uh, the Pakistanis were able to shoot down the two Indian aircraft and the fact that they, they captured them, and maybe that, that's going to be the win that they're going to take. They, again, they haven't had one in about 20 years, and maybe that, that'll be good enough for them. And the Indians will take forth uh, the fact that, um, you know, the, the fact they didn't start a nuclear war with their neighbor over <laughs> a region that they've been fighting over for the last uh, 70, 80 years. Hey, just for fun, and that's not the right term at all, if, if India and Pakistan did get into a war, would we stay out of it, take a side? How would that turn out? Oh, no, no, we'd have to steer clear out of it. I mean, it's it's nothing we could do on, on any level. I don't. I mean, we've got no kind of treaties with either side. We'd, we'd be on the sidelines watching them destroy each other. This well, is a good I, was, I was just going to put it that we're kind of wearing the striped shirt at this point, right? We're, we're yeah, not yeah, choosing exactly. sides. We're saying, hey, everybody keep cool. Right, and you see the beer from the bleachers being thrown right now, the fact that there's no U.S. leadership in the world, and that's why this is happening. That, that's just nonsense. I mean, the, these are countries that have got to get along. They've got a, they've got a border. They've got to figure out where they're going to put up. You know, they've got walls between these two countries, I guarantee it. Um, so th- that's not about U.S. leadership. Uh, wow. It's about yeah, I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want to get off on a tangent and take up your time. But, but the idea that a lot of people have, especially a lot of intellectuals have, that any two countries that don't get along, it's our fault. Right. It's just crazy. Yeah, no kidding. That's I'd missed that somehow. I've been kind of busy the last day. I'm kind of glad I missed it. Mike Lyon, CBS News military analyst, is on the line. All right, Mike, let's uh, go ahead and talk about the non-deal in North Korea. What's your take yeah. on the summit itself and, and both parties walking away? Yeah, no, all good. Unfortunately, what they had agreed on prior to this meeting looks like that, that didn't even happen at the summit. Even if they got a, um, a end of the Korean conflict, that would have been at least moving the process forward. I think it's not failure, but we've got to get some result at this point. I think the president's going to need some result if he thinks that North Korea is going to change their behavior anyway. Um, but I'd rather have him do what he did, walk away and not release sanctions or, or do something else, because in some ways, based on my observation of the media right now to Donald Trump, it's lose-lose anything he does. If he caved on right. something, he caved. If he, you know, he walks away, he's getting slammed for that. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. It, I'm relieved that he's walked away, and, and I, at, at this point, we, now we know a little bit more. I thought, again, we get the end of the Korean War, we get the demilitarization of the 38th parallel, that would have been a good win. We have to consider uh, South Korea, though, here. They want something to happen as well. It's not just the United States. Do you think it's significant that tensions have been ratcheted down on the peninsula, or is that just kind of a, a, a cycle that we go through and, and it's not that good a sign? Well, you mean they're, they're not firing off missiles and testing bombs? Well, right. There's no military exercise. Well, just, you know, I think it's widely agreed that tensions are down. There's a lot more friendly noises being made. No no scary right. military exercises and tests. Yeah, I agree with that. And and. and Trump thought his personality was going to win the day over, and it, it just didn't in this case. And, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is, why he walks away from it. But you're right that South Korea wants those tensions to be ratcheted down, the South Korean leaders in particular. And um, they want to open up the border. They want to do more things. And eventually, you know, maybe by things will be overcome by events, and eventually they'll get to a place where there's more security. In the past, um, they would ratchet back up the military exercises. They would ratchet back up a lot of the missile testing. You, you notice the president left still and i've i've been okay with trump's uh the way he's gone about this and you know the 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 diplomacy crowd says no you've got to have all the groundwork laid long before they get there and all they do is shake hands and sign something you know he just shows up and they talk but you can't you can't show up to another one can you unless you know something's going to happen it's okay to walk away this one and say whoa 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 we're not doing that you can't fly clear across the country show up again and then walk away with nothing that would actually look bad 
Yeah, running out of magic wands when it comes to that, being able to reuse that scenario over and over. And that's why I thought they would at least get that end of the Korean conflict out there, but they weren't able to get that. Um, you know, he, he wanted something. He wanted those sanctions relieved. He, you know, he wants the complete turnaround of what we would do without any verification. I just don't think that's going to work. I, or, or I would also like to see inspectors in the country. That tells me it's another thing. He's, like, he's allowed the country to be open up. People are looking inside there. That, that would be another good step forward. Well, I agree with Jack. I think the, the Trump approach has been really interesting and unconventional. Yeah, but nothing else has worked. So I say, why not give it a give it a go? But And someday, maybe, uh, Mike, I'll buy a beverage of your choice, and we can sit around and chat about one of my favorite topics in, in you know political science and reality, and that's totalitarian regimes trying to or wanting to liberalize and how difficult and dangerous it is for them. And and little fathead knows that. He right. knows every bit of opening that juices up the economy, which is the carrot the president's uh, dangling in front of him, also yeah. holds terrible danger for his regime. Right. It's fundamentally lighting a fuse, and it's going to have an explosion. And whether he can control that explosion remains to be seen. And you know, again, it's a, it's clearly a tinderbox in in North Korea. What, what he can control, he's still concerned about his own safety. Look how he has to travel to Vietnam in order to do the summit from the very beginning. Um, so he knows that once that train leaves the station, uh, there's just no stopping at that point. I'm sorry, the metaphorical train or the actual one he, he rides on? <laughs> His actual yeah, slow yeah. train. <laughs> yeah, the one he rides on through China, actually. Once that train leaves, he might never he might never return. Who knows? Yeah. Mike Lyons, CBS News military analyst. Mike, it's always enlightening. Uh, thanks very much. We look forward to hearing about your next project or, or whatever you have cooking. Yeah, thanks. I got I got the cast of Mr. Robot here. If you're if you're fans, if you if your listeners watch Mr. Robot, what? they just filmed, they just they just they just wrapped up filming uh, the first three episodes of season four of Mr. Robot in my house. Literally, no kidding. What? Sean, our yeah. one of our producers is so into that show. He about fell yeah. over. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Why your house? Uh, well, they picked it. They did a kind of a routine screen. They came by, and uh, so if you watch the show, my home is going to be the um, the childhood home of Agent DiPietro. She's the um, FBI agent that the Dark Army has now come over. Well, how cool! I'm, awesome. I'm not sure I can remember that sentence, but yeah. I will. Dear, do your yeah. kids think this is the coolest thing ever? Yeah, they're not home, thank God, because it's a, it's kind of like having a frat party in your house three days in a row. Where you're you know dragging people out at four o'clock in the morning, but literally they show back up at six a.m. and oh. the party starts again. So we're we're in a massive cleanup effort right now for the next five days around here. So, right, were, did you have to sign any non-disclosure things about who was and wasn't in the scenes that were being filmed there? A, a few, yeah. I can't. I can't. I couldn't go a lot on social media. I couldn't take pictures of the actress, and, and I don't really know a lot about this, the plot and everything. I, I could tell you a few, few different things, but how it extended. But it's, uh, it was pretty cool for sure. Well, someday we'll have to talk about that. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you mentioned that, uh, Mike Lyons. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks a million. It's always great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Boy, yeah. no, nobody's filming anything in my house unless it's for some Learning Channel show that's <laughs> kind of horrific. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, my friend's kitchen was featured in a major motion picture recently. Really? Yeah. Where do you get signed up for that? Hey, parents, do I you got a nice palm tree in my backyard. If you want to, you got some like starlet to pose in front of it. You can use it all day. No charge. Hey, hoarders. Are you out of hoarders? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I got a black dog. Very handsome. You need him to run through the scene? No problem. Parents, do you know about this Momo challenge thing that's on YouTube? Horrifying. Are you aware of this? Oh, boy. And I've got to get to the male runners who are dominating girls' track in Connecticut. Well, okay. 
how about what one guy did to somebody's food because he was unhappy with the tip? Now you're one-upping me. Have you heard this story? (laughs) Oh, no. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. true at the same time my wife was worried about this the other night with the kids she said don't let the kids watch youtube without you around which is just good advice all the way around oh yeah um uh but even if you just specifically choose kids shows it's not safe there's something called the momo challenge uh to any parent concerned parents reading this do not worry the momo challenge is a recurring viral hoax that has been perpetuated by local news stations <laughs> and has been scaring parents around the world. The entire cycle are those, of... Are those local news stations high on Jenkum, Michael? <laughs> the entire cycle of shock, terror, and outrage about Momo previously took place less than a year ago. Anyway, so you got this horrifying picture. There's it up on the screen. So you... you, you it's a Tim Burton-esque weird creature. You click on an episode of Paw Patrol for your kid on your, you know, your iPad or whatever and mm-hmm. think you can leave them alone for a few minutes. And then this shows up talking and tells the kids, don't tell your parents or I will kill them. But this is what, you know, all kinds of horrifying things. And in theory, some kid committed suicide the other day, but maybe that's not true either Um, or had nothing to do with this. But I will tell you whether that's happening or not. It is a thing that there are all kinds of children's shows out there that have been redubbed with horrifying crap on them. I've heard that. I've I've had them myself, so I, I know that it's true. And um You've dubbed them yourself, or you've seen them? <laughs> no, I've clicked on a Paw Patrol, luckily when the kids weren't around trying to find a show for them, and it starts in, and I'm like, these voices sound weird, and then they start down these weird sexual roads or violent roads oh, or whatever. Well, well, who thinks that's I don't funny? know who's doing that, and where can they be pr- imprisoned? It's so damn strange. Homo but in- sapiens are my least favorite species, but that I abs- swear. absolutely <clears throat> exists, and I know YouTube tries to take them down, so... But anyway, take the JoJo challenge. Don't make up any weird fake challenges for a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, when do you want the the what a guy did to the food? Tell me when you want that. Just just keep now it or later. Brief. Huh? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I I don't know, my friends. I don't I just have a feeling it's nasty. Here's the headline. This is not for the kids either, just like YouTube. Oh boy. Man delivering food allegedly dips testicles in salsa over low tip. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, how how did he manage to... If, if you'd like his name, it's Howard Matthew Webb, age 31, is accused of putting both his testicles in a customer's salsa container ordered last month. He was arrested after a 14... So then he videotapes himself, oh, then boy. posts it. Oh, boy. After a 14-second video surfaced of his revenge against a low-paying customer. Um, uh, uh, go so ahead. Your, your question of how did he know the tip ahead of time? Right. So when you order online, there's the option to tip uh, yep. in advance. Oh, I see. This, okay. and yeah, so enough. he posted the video of him dipping his testicles in the salsa and then said, this is what you get when you give an 89-cent tip for a 30-minute drive. 
The video circulated online. He was find caught. myself wondering what you get for a twenty-five cent tip after a fifty-mile drive. <laughs> I don't think I would want it. What was he charged with by police? <laughs> Go a, ahead. A, I don't. Know. It's called adulteration of food. Yes, clearly. That's what the crime is. Adulteration of food. I know what I'll do. I'll dip my testicles in their salsa. You know, I'm unhappy with this tip. I'm not sure this job is working out because I should, you know, if I'm going to drive this far for this amount, what are my options here? What Hmm. makes this worthwhile? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And I find myself contemplating the bromide saying, the Zen uh, question, if a tree falls in the forest... And no one hears it. Too. So if testicles are dipped in salsa and no one sees it, have they indeed been dipped? Wait a moment, I could record the entire procedure on this, my smartphone, he said to himself. Smartphone for the not-so-smart. What you have to worry about, though, is... So it's probably a small crime, small fine or whatever. The sort of guy that would do this and videotape it and post it yes. is capable of damaging society and probably has in so many other ways. I would say he has scored a full 100 points on the get him away from humanity yeah, scale. No kidding. So the story of the transgender runners who are dominating girls high school track and the advice they have for the girl girls coming up. Okay, and Marshall's news. Give me one word for your news, Marshall. All right, exciting. <laughs> I was hoping for Cohen or India. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There are a lot of stories to unpack today, and I know at least one texture is suggested every time I say unpack, Joe punches me in the throat. I'm ready for that duty. <laughs> Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, just announced Israeli, Israeli leader Benjamin Netanyahu has been indicted by Ooh, Israel's... So you can indict a sitting prime minister. Yes, he's been indicted by Israel's attorney general in a, one case of bribery, two cases of fraud, and breach of trust. This huh. is the first time in Israel's history a serving PM has faced criminal charges. I know there have been whispers about this sort of thing for a very long time, but I really don't know enough about yep. Israeli politics to know how serious to take this, how seriously to take this. Well, Netanyahu's going to be making a statement here shortly, so we'll find out how he's taking it. Now, in the United States, we say you can indict a ham sandwich. Yeah. Given the uh, Jewish people's uh, you know, That'd be inappropriate. Right, uh, uh, prohibition Correct. against eating ham, I don't know if they have a similar expression. President Trump, on his way back to D.C. after his summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, ended with no agreement on stopping the North's nuclear weapons program. Trump telling reporters the deal breaker was... Basically, uh, they wanted the sanctions lifted in their entirety, and we couldn't do that. They were willing to denuke a large portion of the areas that we wanted, but we couldn't give up all of the sanctions for that. So we continue to work, and we'll see. But we had to uh, walk away from that particular suggestion. We had to walk away from that. There are just a few moments every week where I wish my voice could be heard universally. I realize that makes me some sort of egomaniac. You wish you were omnipresent? Yes. Yes, and just well, uh, just that everyone in the media could hear just one sentence, like this one: Donald Trump views summits differently than you do. Stop saying he has to approach it the old way. 
He just likes to meet with people personally. Well, the old boy was stupid, in my opinion. I've heard Newt Gingrich talk about how... No, the it old... was fine, but it was not. It did not have an exclusive on effective. Newt Gingrich talking about the old way you'd have done it. The Heritage Foundation would have written policy papers for six months over which town to have the summit in. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that stuff is yeah. stupid. Well, and the idea that you have to work and work and work behind the scenes, and yeah. then the leaders only show up to sign a great and glorious agreement, where we all pretend then that they came to this agreement there, which has been part of the charade in the past. Look, Trump likes to get together and talk with people personally and to feel them out. Whether it's going to be effective or not, I don't know. Well, what's in, the possible, in terms of North Korea, it's not going to what's be. What's the possible downside? Years. I don't understand the downside. Uh, well, see, that's the thing, uh, and that is all I want to say. Listen, your conventional wisdom is so boring and so old, and the only people you're persuading of its wisdom is each other. Quit boring us. Meanwhile, Trump is slamming the Democrats for holding his ex-attorney Michael Cohen's congressional hearings during his summit with Onan and says he tried to watch as much as he could while he was in Vietnam. Cohen publicly casting Trump as a liar during that hearing. But during his post-summit news conference, Trump was asked what he thought of Cohen's testimony, and he said... He lied a lot, but it was very interesting because he didn't lie about one thing. He said, no collusion with the Russian hoax. And I said, I wonder why he didn't just lie about that, too, like he did about everything else. I mean, he lied about so many different things, and I was uh, actually impressed that he didn't say, well, I think there was collusion for this reason or that. He didn't say that. He said, no collusion. And I was... uh, you know, a little impressed by that, frankly. Could have he could have gone all out. Do you have any idea why he didn't stick the knife in Cohen, or was was he just actually trying to tell the truth? Because some of the things there'd be no verifying it. I mean, if he lied under oath again, he'd be in big trouble. But there's no verifying. Yeah, I think there's a PP tape out there. He said he didn't think there was. Right. No, I don't know. I think Cohen's relationship with the truth is so irregular and has been through his entire adult life that. I think he was trying to keep himself out of trouble, and he knew if he lied, he'd be in trouble. So I think he, anything that was the least bit verifiable, he probably told the truth about. Whether Donald Trump once said mean stuff about black people, I don't know. And neither does anybody else. And Cohen, in spite of him he being a clear victim of resting stupid face, <laughs> he's smart enough to know what's verifiable and what's not. The headline in USA Today is misleading, I think. Cohen, Trump was telling me to lie. Well, if you watched the testimony, no. Cohen specifically said, specifically said, Trump did not tell me to lie. That and is misleading. Ex- and then yeah. explained how Trump insinuated he should lie. Right. But that's in the eye right. of the beholder. That, that's never going to work in a court of law. No, I think that specific choice of words is misleading, yeah. During yesterday's open hearings, Cohen did call President Trump a racist, and in response, Republican Mark Meadows brought out Lynn Patton, an African-American business associate of the Trumps, who's now working for the Department of Housing. The congressman went on to assert that it has to do with your claim of racism. She says that as a daughter of a man born in Birmingham, Alabama, that there is no way that she would work for a, for a, an individual who was racist. How do you reconcile the two of those, Mr. As neither should I, as the son of a Holocaust survivor. What? Um, uh, mm-hmm. Back to some of the things. So, yeah. so he went pretty far on some things. Yeah. But on the... It, it, there were rumors, I guess. I'd never heard this rumor. That there's a videotape of Trump hitting Melania in an elevator. And it was caught on videotape. <laughs> 
Cohen had heard the rumor, and he was tasked with the job of trying to figure out if it was true or... How would he do that? Wouldn't Trump just say, no, I never did it, so not worry about it? Right. But anyway, Cohen was looking for the videotape or trying to figure that out and determined that it doesn't exist and then was even asked, do you think Trump hits Melania? He said, no, I don't think he's that kind of guy. He absolutely had an opportunity to say Trump's capable of anything. You're not perjuring yourself. Totally unverifiable. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. For some reason. I liked and and I wish we'd isolated this tape, but there were a couple occasions, and you know this if you're listening, where uh, somebody would ask him, like uh, Debbie Washrag Schultz asked him. um, (laughs) That's dismissive. Do you think the president, who has a win at anything attitude, would go so far as to collude with the Russians to win? And, Schultz, and Cohen said, uh, uh, that would call for uh, so much uh, speculation. I don't I don't know. I can't say. Do you think his winning anything attitude would cause him to consort with the Russians? Yes, I do. I do. I think he might. Yep. <laughs> so it happened a couple of times where he refused to answer a question or say, I don't know. I don't have no personal knowledge. That would be irresponsible to answer. And then they ask it louder, and he go ahead, goes ahead and answers it. <laughs> kind of guy does that? <laughs> All right, and a final note. On a final note, actor Luke Perry's in the hospital. Reports say the 52-year-old Beverly Hills 90210 star suffered a stroke while he was at home in L.A. Oh, yesterday at morning. At age 52? Yeah. That's scary. He smokes a lot, doesn't he? I think he does. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. Se- everything I've ever seen him yeah. in, he's smoking. Yeah. I didn't realize if you smoke, uh, they won't put you under general anesthesia, or they very, very strongly prefer not to. I had a, a friend anything? whose brother, I think it was his brother, well, it doesn't really matter, yeah. was a smoker, and he had a hip replacement. Like me, he got a super custom aftermarket hip, um, and they put like him under... Like all the cool people are doing. Oh, yeah. And they put him under local anesthesia, so he was aware of the entire like football tackle aspect of that Ooh. procedure, which involves yeah. dislocating your hip so they can get at it, There's a l- and then they go to town on it. I mean, it's Home Depot, my and the rest of it. There are a lot of reasons not to smoke. That's uh, toward the top of the list. Oh, yeah. No I'm hoping there's, there's, uh, there are 20-somethings listening right now thinking, holy crap, I keep doing this and i got to be awake for surgery? So, like when they jammed that needle clear into the middle of me to get a little chunk of my tumor, I had to stay awake for that? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Glad I don't smoke. Good morning. Luke Perry in the hospital. The incident happening the same day Fox Television announced there will be a reboot of Beverly Hills 90210. Comes out the same day Luke Perry's got a stroke. A little suspicious. Using the same cast, but Perry is not signed on to that project. It's a stunt. That's a... Well, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. All right, go to break, Michael. Go to break. I want to leave plenty of time for the male runners dominating girls' track. And what this says about our completely, increasingly ridiculous country. Come on, USA Today. Cohen, Trump was telling me to lie, is completely misleading as a headline. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
What a day, what a day, what a day. So, the troubling part of this is not only that it's occurring, and that the people involved are saying what they're saying. That's troubling enough. But the fact that anybody reacts to it in any way other than explosive and derisive laughter, that's the part that bothers me. I'll prepare for that then. Two male runners are continuing to dominate high school girls track in Connecticut. High school. High school juniors, Terry Miller and Andrea Yearwood, took first and second place in the state open indoor track championships, the AP noted. Both Miller and Yearwood are biological males who identify as transgender girls, and again, took first and second in state. Okay, what I'm waiting for in your story is, do they actually identify, or are they just uh, uh, taking advantage of the current culture? I think it's immaterial for... Oh, and it, know, is, the, it is immaterial. I just right. wonder if they are. Are they pranksters? Or? Uh, no. No, it would seem not. Okay. Um, what? Oh, it's probably worth mentioning they dominated as sophomores, too, in varsity track. One of their competitors, high school junior Selena Soul, told the AP it was unfair to force female runners to compete against male runners. Quote, we all know the outcome of the race before it even starts. It's demoralizing. Nobody benefits from that. I Nobody. fully support and am happy for these athletes being true to themselves. They should have the right to express themselves in school, but athletics have always had extra rules to keep the competition fair. What, yeah, uh, them getting to express themselves, what's that got to do with figuring out who's the fastest chick runner in the state? Transgender males are dominating women's powerlifting now in a, 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 a ballet of the absurd. Well, remember- the fact that it's even happening just goes to show you how thoroughly ideology can distort and blind common sense. Well, and remember gay Martina Navratilova is in trouble for saying you can't do this in women's tennis. It's unfair. Right. And so she, chagrined and, and taken aback, said, you know, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I'm going to look at this issue. I'm going to study it and get back to you. And she got back to us and said, I was right the first time. It's an absurdity. <laughs> and so she's been, you know, she's persona non grata in the bizarro Marxist far left of, of gender studies lunatics. Anyway, um, uh, Miller, that's one of the transgender gals, is the third fastest runner in the country. In the girls' uh, 55-meter dash, Yearwood is close behind. That's That's something. Wow. That school must have a really good track coach. Yeah, that must be have. it. Or, or it could be that they're effing dudes, Jack. <laughs> um, but so who does this benefit? What's the argument, even if that's my mindset of isn't this wonderful? How does this benefit anybody? It's so stupid. I can't even. I can't even take on the debater's duty of of trying to enunciate my opponent's argument. Right. I just I. Life is too short. I don't want to spend my time going there. <laughs> it's so stupid because you you couldn't you you can't because this I I would think that in the mind of people who are who are happy about the the direction we're going, there's going to be more and more of this, and that will just end girls' sports. And you, yes, you can't before that. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think. Now this gets better and better. Uh, Miller, the best among them, and uh, and Yearwood, have some advice for their competitors who think it's unfair. Keeping in mind that, as far as I can tell, neither one of them was 
at all dominant in boys track. Yeah, I was wondering that. I wonder how fast they are for boys. Would they be good on the boys track team or just average? I don't know how much faster boys are than girls in general. My, a sympath- yes. my guess would be if they were winning in the boys track meet, they wouldn't have even thought about going to well, the Well, I'm sure race. if we wanted to take a minute or two, we could get the times yeah. that won Connecticut's... You're probably right, Sean. Um, you know, yeah. Um, a sympathetic segment on ABC's Good Morning America described the two runners as dominating the competition at the Outdoor State Championships earlier that month. Wow, they did well at that meet, too, Jack. In that interview, Miller, one of the newly minted gals, argued that female runners should work harder rather than complaining <laughs> wow. about unfairness. Wow, you should work harder and have a penis. Right. When forced to compete against male athletes who identify as transgender. <laughs> Try to produce more testosterone. Have you even yeah. thought about that? You need to train harder, you need to eat right, and have testicles. Oh, it just keeps getting better. Yearwood acknowledged being stronger than female runners to the AP, but compared it to advantages other athletes might have from perfecting their form or doing extra training sessions. Quote, one high jumper could be taller and have longer legs than another, but the other could have perfect form and then do better. Well, that's that's kind of an interesting argument. I mean, I'm all for uh, having two different genders and, and recognizing it and all that. But, you know. Oh, I'm very enthusiastic about that. <laughs> the, the guy who was born to just be way stronger than me, that's unfair. I can't compete with him. One sprinter. There's there's weight classes for a reason, particularly like in combat sports. And and you that that misses so much of the the spirit of competition. Oh, sure. I think it misses all of it, Sean. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, And uh, and and uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the newly minted young gal went on to say one sprinter could have parents who spend so much money on personal training for their child, which in turn would cause that child to run faster. Or I would suggest maybe one of the girls is a girl and the other one's a dude. That would give them a huge advantage. But do they enjoy it? It'd be sort of like if I showed up at my my, my third grader's school and go out of the basketball court and just dominate. Do right. I enjoy that? Right. Oh, man, I, I just dominated. Every time they got the ball, I just took it right away, went down to the other end and made a layup. They couldn't oh. stop me at oh, all. Oh, yeah. Why am I not on SportsCenter the way I'm dominating? Would I, would I enjoy that? That's a great, great point. And that's what I was, you know, I mentioned that ideology regularly trumps common sense. I mean, we'll see it on college campuses every day to the point of being horrifying where you got a professor at the University of California, Davis, who's advocating murdering cops and he's still employed. Ideology trumps common sense. It also trumps morality. That's a great example. How could I take any pride as a, as a dude? You know, I was I was a pretty sturdy young man. I just stopped growing at age 13, unfortunately. I dominated against dudes. If I was whooping the hell out of girls, do you think I'd have taken any pride beating down little girls? No, because I have morality. It clearly sounds like neither of you have played tetherball against fourth graders. <laughs> that is so much fun. They don't even stand a chance. Oh, you hit right. it so hard they're scared to try they to stop it. They can't even reach it. Right. <laughs> You totally intimidate them, right? Go high. How could you morally take any pride in that? That's know. terrible. It's odd. Well, it's it, and listen, there is probably some scholarly research. Maybe we ought to get back in touch with uh, Peter Bogosian and, and his colleagues who who uh, put forth uh, for the world that absolutely exquisite prank where they unleashed the fake grievance science uh, studies. Um, that were bought and published, but I'm sure there is a good, concise, 
really persuasive description of what I'm getting at, how if you go far enough down an ideological road, you can lose sight of everything else, your morality, your logic, uh, all that is good and decent. I mean, it just and, and, and again, that bothers me some. Because I have a feeling some of the people who have this happen to them are pretty nice people. And I feel kind of bad that they're they're making such complete 70-foot jackasses of themselves. But, you know, I've done that myself. But what really scares me is the number of people who say, yes, yes, that's true. Yes, he expresses herself now as a woman and so should be allowed to compete as a woman. It scares me that anybody buys that. Much attention paid. Many kudos given to this transgender uh, TV person, India Moore, who tweeted that. Oh, where is it? There it is. Um, Now, if a woman, meaning a, a, a recently minted woman, has a penis, her penis is a biologically female penis. Okay. That's interesting. All right, then. Um... I think I could go home and try to reason with my dog, Baxter, more readily than I could reason with somebody who says something that patently absurd. What percentage of the world thinks that makes sense? Probably a fairly small one, but they sure are vocal. Yeah, and everybody's scared of them. Yeah, yeah. Connecticut, hey, keep letting dudes run against little girls in track. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 